Welcome to Wise Women Speak with Linda Pritcher and Lana Bastianuti, where we give voice to the wisdom in women. Hi, Linda. Hi, Lana. How are you today? Great. Yeah. I think every time we get together, I say, great. <laughs> it's a beautiful morning, but truly it has been it another is. one. It's true. So, But hot. mix it up. What hot. are you? Yes. Oh, you're hot? Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I'm not going to challenge you on that one. Okay, so today we're... Moving right along. Moving on. Today we're in studio with Jill Whalen. And for the past 20 years, Jill's consulted with companies big and small and spoken at conferences all over the world. She's currently a transformational speaker and mentor to businesses, individuals, coaches, leaders, groups, and organizations. She helps them uncover their natural well-being and happiness so that they can operate from a clearer state of mind and take their lives and businesses to a higher level. Jill's blog, What Did You Do With Jill?, is a personal account of what she's learned throughout her own transformation journey. She's also the author of a book called Victim of Thought, Seeing Through the Illusion of Anxiety. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Lana and Linda. Nice to be here. Yeah. It's lovely to have We're you. We're happy to have you. Um, so let me start off by asking you, have you always been a transformational leader? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I, was, I was always a, well, not always, but in my old work, I was a, a leader of my industry, but um, definitely not in transformation. So what was your old work? What was your old business? Well, I, I used to, um, I was a pioneer in the industry, the SEO industry, which is just helping um, businesses get their websites found in Google, basically Google these days. There were other search engines at the time. I just sort of fell into that when I had, I had my own um, parenting website when my kids were little and um, just kind of figured out how to do it and started helping other people do it. And then people started offering me money. <laughs> And so I did that for um, a good 17, 18 years. How did you know to start a parenting blog? I mean, that would have been probably it was how before, many years? It was in the early 90s before. There was like two other parenting websites. This is how how old, how um, early on in the uh, internet it was. I loved figuring out how to do stuff online. I just loved computers, loved Loved the internet. I mean, we I had internet before, like anybody else did. We had computers, and um, I just I just figured it out. I just made the parenting website. I just like learned how to code it myself. And, oh my god, and, that's uh, amazing! Yeah, yeah. It was just fun for me, and you know, my kids were little, so when they'd be napping or at school or whatever, I just was playing around. Were you always interested in computers and stuff growing up? Well, growing up, we didn't have them back in so, my but day. How do how did you lean this way then? Like, what did you study in school? What were you interested? All I wanted to do was get my MRS, <laughs> which meant to find a suitable husband and have kids. That was my goal. And, and that, that's the only reason I even went to college, really. My, my parents would pay for it. And so I thought I could find a suitable husband, and I did, and um, had my kids. And so it was, just a, it was just a hobby. My husband had to get a computer for... Um, uh, he went to law school when when um, my girls were little. This before my son was even born, and um, and so we had to. He had to get a computer, and he had to get a modem, which was not something most people had because he needed it for the law database. And um, and I had saved something in the newspaper I had seen ages ago that said like how to get online with this this what they were called BBSs back then. 
And um, I'm like, oh, we need a modem. Oh, my God. Like, nobody else would even know what a modem was. And I figured out how to do it. And and it, so it, that just it just grew from there. I just have always been a, um, like do it yourself or figure stuff out, which, you know, is similar to today to what I, what I do today. I, I know you've been writing this. What did you do with Jill blog for now? How long, Jill? Oh, five years. And Doesn't seem it. how did you get to writing a blog? And what did you do with Jill? What was the before Jill? And I'm assuming there's an after Jill. Old Jill the and old new Jill, Jill and new Jill. Okay. <laughs> That's what I like. So I let's hear it. about the old Jill. So old Jill was the one sitting at home, you know, helping web, helping people get their websites. Um, at you know, as in the later years, speaking at conferences all over the world and 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 all that stuff. Um, and but I was also getting overweight, um, drinking tons. We were going to the bars every night and and drinking a lot. And I just like for a few years knew I really needed to lose weight, but I had never. It wasn't something that I wasn't. I was always fairly thin growing up, so I didn't really, um, you know, know how to do that. So I just kind of figured it out. Had got a Fitbit and and um, you know counted calories, and I lost. Um, I wanted to lose 25 pounds and I did it in six months, like, you know, a pound a week, something like that, I think. And the, the cool thing was how it, um, it, I, I noticed like, how could I be someone who, who, who hated exercise and vegetables, you know, one day, literally, and then like overnight, six months is basically overnight in my lifetime scale and, uh, suddenly liking, loving them both. And being like, you know, that I just it kind of made me curious in a way. I don't yeah. think I would have characterized it like that at the time, but in looking back. And so, you know, I just kind of started looking into things like spiritual stuff, psychology stuff online, and um, stumbled onto a man named Michael Neal, his radio show on Hay House. And I was like, whoa, this guy's a genius. Like, I didn't really know what he was talking about. He was, you know, talking about thoughts, creating your feelings and things like that. But I'm like, there's something about this that is true. I don't understand it. So I sent it to my husband, the, the one talk I had listened to. He eventually listened to it. And I, and I said, well, you know, so what, what was he saying? And he goes, he's just saying that thoughts create our feelings. And I'm like, I know, but what does that mean? And we both were kind of like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and we, and we like listened to that same talk over and over. We didn't know there were like millions of others online at the time. And, uh, and, and then I started finally branching out and listening to other stuff. It just suddenly made sense to me because I had had this experience the night before with my husband where he said one word to me. He said, he said, okay. I told him dinner was ready and he said, okay. And I didn't like the way he said it. <laughs> and so, in my mind, I had this whole story. Is he mad at me? Blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole dinner, we didn't talk. And, and it, it was, so I, I just created this whole story. And so then the next day when I heard this thought to create feelings, it just hit me. I totally had an insight. Oh, my God, thoughts create feelings. And I, and I just got it then. And once I got that first insight, every, you know, then I listened back to Michael Neal again, and I was like, Oh, okay. Now I get what he's saying. So your husband said something and you had thinking about what he said. And then you had this insight later that that was what was going on. Something was going on in you. 
Is correct. that right? Correct. That yeah. I had, because I, I, yeah, like I just had invented this whole thing about, you know, him being mad at me. What did I do? And this, and now, now I'm mad at him. How dare he say, okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And uh, it's so funny, you know, when you think about it later. But yeah, he, he didn't so do anything. Except, uh, and he that's... may or may not have been actually mad, or he may have just been in a bad mood. I mean, I never really did ask him, but it doesn't really matter. It still came from mm. my thought in the moment. Yeah. So when you made this kind of transition from um, what you were doing before, and you lost the weight, how did you relate what you just told us to that weight loss? Did you reflect on it? and see that there was something that had shifted in you? Yeah, I mean, I think what I really saw was how our identity is not fixed. Like, we think that it's this solid thing. You know, I had always said as a, as a kind of half joke, but but sort of believed it, that, you know, I'm allergic to exercise and vegetables. I mean, I thought it was funny to say. And then to, to just be the opposite, you know, to turn completely around and and and... And so I saw that if, if, if that identity that was so much a part of how, what I thought of myself um, could change, then like, you know, what are the possibilities? And I, I saw that anything can change. And really, it was probably, it was soon after where I just lost interest in my other business, which had literally been my life, my passion. I loved it up until like one day. I mean, if you had asked me, two or three weeks before the day I decided to, to retire from it, I would have said, are you kidding me? No, of course I'm not going to. I love it. It seems to me that you've been following your curiosity all along. Like you were curious about computers. You were curious about modems. You were curious about creating a blog. You were curious about what shifted with the weight change in your identity. Like it's like these little pebbles all along, and that's what you've been following. Yeah, very much so. I, I guess... I feel like I've been lucky in that respect that I've gotten to um to to be able to do that just follow my passion and and it was funny because in my old work it it led me to making tons of money because I wasn't doing it for the money I was just doing it because it was my passion and it was fun I was just playing I mean if you asked my kids they would have told you I just played around on the computer all day because that's what it felt like to me mm. And so I was always just following my passion. With the blog, I just switched over. I had been writing a newsletter for SEO um, for, I think, 15 years or something like that. And I just quit that one and just turned it into the what did you do with Jill.com blog and really didn't miss a beat. I just changed what I was writing about. And it was cool, too, because it, it felt like and still feels like everything I did before in my past life, I'll call it. It's funny how sometimes, you know, we when we make these shifts in life, we have these realizations. Sometimes people will look at their quote unquote past life and they go, oh, what a waste. I should have been doing this all along. But as you say, everything leads to and feeds everything else. So none of that is a waste. I mean, certainly, Linda, when you talk to your clients, don't you find that a lot of them are like, oh, I should have. What's wrong with yeah. me? The shoulda, woulda, yeah, and they don't actually realize what they have. Mm -hmm. Like every every experience they have has um, has gotten them to the place where they are now, and they can reflect on that and utilize that in what they want to create in the future. And clearly, you've done that. And I would not have been able to jump into this stuff, you know, or learn the stuff or whatever before I wasn't ready. You know, you know how you sort of. 
Yeah. Like I wasn't interested in 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 learning about stuff or m about myself. I was too much into myself to think that it wasn't all about me or you know. To, I would not have. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have heard anything years ago. So it was the right time for me. Yeah, I think that's when that happens. Is suddenly there can be that moment where a shift occurs, a new thought. You have a thought you haven't had before, and this time it has real meaning to you and it leads you in a new direction. And clearly that happened with What Did You Do With Jill? I love that title. It's really great. <laughs> do you consider this play, for example? What I'm doing now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm not really making any money at it, so it's it's only play. But that, but see, that's okay, too, because I've, um, you know, I made good money in my old, in my old work, and um, I'm, I, it gives me the opportunity now to just learn more continuously learn more about about how our thoughts create our experience of life because it's really all about that for me and talk to people you know wrote my book and I speak to a lot of people now that have anxiety which is what the the book was basically about so yeah it's all it's all fun it's all play you you write really clearly about anxiety and I know you speak to a lot of people about anxiety it's a very common symptom of modern life now. So how did did you have uh, early issues with anxiety? Was did that play out earlier in your life and in what way? I, I did. I wouldn't have if you asked me, I probably didn't know I had it. That's what was really interesting. Um it was just life. Like I mean, I just thought it was like I was very shy and so I would be scared of things. Like if anything changed in, in my life or my school, there was one year where they suddenly changed my schedule like in the middle of the year and that just freaked me out like sixth or seventh grade. And I was in with all these kids I didn't know. And so I just like gave up on school at that time and did really poorly, got really bad grades. But after that, like that was it for me. I was like, nope, I'm done with school. And and it was always like, why me? Why does all this bad stuff happen to me? And but but I didn't know it was coming from anxiety. It was just I was just scared of everything and people and and stuff like that. But it wasn't until later when when after I learned about how our thoughts create our experience, somehow and and also with observing my own thoughts in general, just to see how much thought was going on, somehow my mind cleared more i had i had less on my mind less thoughts coming through and it was only then when the which i guess was the anxiety i had you know this low level of anxiety constantly in my head when that was basically gone that's when i realized oh my god this is really how you're supposed to feel i just didn't know i always had this you know like kind of buzzing in my in my head my whole life but that was just normal and you obviously had this very successful career even with anxiety uh, playing out in your life. Yeah, and I was lucky because the internet gave me a voice. Um, because in real life, when I always, I always, I always thought of I had like two lives. I had this internet life where I had this big voice, and and everyone listened to me because I I I, I did write really well, and I was able to put complicated subjects into easy words. So I think that's why I became popular. But then in real life, I was still quiet, shy. And, you know, my husband did most of the talking or whatever. With my kids was different. That was good, too. But the internet gave me a voice because it was all in writing for the most part back then. And and so it gave me the confidence and, and um, 
and you know it was funny because people would even if they when they met me in person they expected this big personality they would get me and they'd be like I don't, you're not what I expected <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do do you ever feel anxious now oh yeah <laughs> and what do you do when you feel that way I don't particularly like it, but I know that it will pass. You know, I, I know it, it, my, I know that it's not who I am. It's not my default state. I know that it's, it's thought. It's just lots of thought. And there's a piece of me kind of like watching in the background that, you know, oh, here you are. You're anxious again, you know, and, and um, as long as I don't beat myself up for it, because that, that, you go through that phase when you first learn this stuff where you're like, wait a minute, I shouldn't be anxious anymore. You know, I know this. I know how, light, how my experience comes. But that's not it. Of course, you're still, you're, you know, we're all still human. Mm -hmm. We're all still going to have feelings and stuff. We're all thinkers. We're all thinkers. And we have all, yeah, we have go through all the emotions. Uh, something, an uh, uh, um, insight I had just recently, which I'm actually writing about for the next blog post, is what's, it seems to me what more is causing our suffering is when we give something a second thought. You know how we say, well, don't give it a second thought. It's those second thoughts mm -hmm. that's causing our suffering. Like if we just feel a little anxious and we have thoughts about it, that's like the normal ones. They come and go all day long. But it's when we suddenly go, wait a minute, what's happening here? I shouldn't do this or this yeah. is bad. Oh, no, I'm going to be anxious for three more weeks. Or, Yeah, the judgment yes. is thinking about your thinking and yeah. critiquing it, judging it. And then and you, you're in a rabbit hole. You're in a rabbit hole. You're internalizing it and you're identifying it like, like that's who I am now. This is who I am. I'm an anxious, an anxious person. anxious person, yeah. And I have people in my life who talk about their anxiety or that they are anxious people and uh <laughs> it's tough for them to hear this sometimes it's there's a lot of resistance to its thought what do you say to people who who kind of push back on that well you can't convince people i think who aren't ready i i i don't try to convince anyone i try and um i i ask people to find their own evidence of it um in their life that how it's not even necessarily about anxiety, but just how it's our thoughts that are creating everything. Just like that insight I had with my husband in one word. There's stuff every day all around us that um, we're tricked by. I, I, and I, you know, I have a whole bunch of examples in my book. Like one, one example, I thought my car brakes needed changing. And because um, they just, I don't know, they seem like it had been a long time since I had them done. And so I was being really careful driving because I, I felt like I needed extra room to stop until I had a chance to have them looked at. And then they then the guy looked at them and um, they were fine. <laughs> and suddenly when I drove out of the, the you know, the gas station, they felt fine to me. So like, how, how could that happen? The brakes didn't change. They were never bad to begin right, with. Yeah. It was all in my own thought. Yeah. Can I just say that happens to me all the time when I go to the doctor, like you go for something. And then as you're driving there, it's like, Oh, I it's fine now. Like, or, <laughs> yes. or you're in the waiting room, you're like, where did it go? I, I swear to God, it was or here. you forget to bring it up. Yes, right? Oh, that's another big one. Yeah. It's like, how could I forget this is it been wasn't such me. a big deal. Yeah. So your book, uh, Victim of Thought, how did you I mean, it seems like it probably was a natural outflow of uh, your blog because you'd been writing for many years, but what prompted you to uh, take the plunge and actually put yourself out there with a book? Yeah, it was something I had been 
wanting to do for years because I did have a lot of content on my blog. So it was just something in the, just like with the losing weight, I had, you know, had been in the back of my mind and it was just, just getting around to doing it. And as it turned out, it was so easy for me to do because I had so much content. A lot of it, I was able to pull out of old blog posts and, and just add to them and change them a little and do other stuff. So for me, I mean, putting it out that that was easy. Like, I don't, you know, I know people are like, Oh, a book. Oh, I'm scared, but like I don't. That yeah, stuff isn't that interesting? Me. You, <laughs> you took... weren't anxious. <laughs> isn't that interesting? Yeah. When you're in that flow yeah. and you're just having fun, which clearly you do a lot of in the work <laughs> that you do, then anxiety is just something in the rearview mirror. It's not. It's not anything to really pay attention to. Because you're not having anxious thinking. Because you're, you're having, having fun thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. I but putting that. myself out there was never an anxiety-provoking thing for me. You know, everybody has their own things. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had, I had they have their own others. thinking. Right. I had yeah. plenty of others. <laughs> Still do. So what's the wisest thing you've ever realized for yourself? Is it the thoughts, the thought-failing connection or something else that's come up recently? I, I had an, another big insight. This wasn't recently, but this was my other big one after the thoughts create feelings. I had been listening to a lot of podcasts. There was a bunch about addiction that I I kind of didn't even want to listen to because I'm like, I don't have a problem with addiction. I don't need that. Um, but so I sort of saved them all to the end. And then I listened to them and I was really... Um, I, I really enjoyed them. I was like, wow, these are really interesting. And I, I didn't know why. And then I heard another podcast that wasn't really about addiction. It was supposed to be about like f- financial freedom. I heard, oh my God, this isn't about financial freedom. This is about this woman was uh, addicted to shopping and that's why she had all these bills to, to pay. And I'm like, it just, it hit me that life was just one big addiction at that point that like it's, we're always just trying to feel better you know, so we do, we drink, we do whatever. And, and I was still drinking, even when I went to lose weight back then, I, um, I still made sure I had enough calories in my, you know, amounts, my allotment to, to have my couple of drinks at night. I had this insight into addiction that wasn't even about drinking. Um, and I was in the shower and I saw my whole like life flash before my eyes. I used to have these addictive friendships. I'd always have like one best girlfriend all since I was little, all the way up till my adulthood and I saw them like pass through, you know, all these addictive things. And I was like, oh my God, I was seeking happiness from all the, from these friends. I was looking for my happiness from them. And isn't that hilarious because my thoughts are what created my feelings. And so I'm create, I was actually creating the happiness I thought I was getting from them. And that was like a boom moment. To me, that's like such a core of this understanding is knowing where our real peace of mind and happiness comes from um it can't it doesn't come from anything outside so what's up for you next I don't know I'm like I'm I'm letting things unfold as they unfold I've got a um pretty big Facebook group right now um that was sort of gifted to me from Nicola Bird and I've been doing um I do like Facebook lives in there almost every day it's called the um peace of mind all are welcome if anyone wants to join it yes that's i was just going to ask you for that so people i'm sure would there would be some of our listeners who would be really interested in joining yeah and it you know it's just free it's just me mostly posting these these live videos that are you know five minutes long or something like that and answering questions and i don't know where it's going to take me i talk to a lot of people you know just 
one-off conversations usually, but um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, it's really led you to some interesting things that led you to blog, book. I'm doing a cable show in Ashland, Mass here on the called The Victim of Thought Show, where it's not just about anxiety, but it's um, about all the same thing like you guys do. And I will have you guys on as guests as well. Oh, we'd love that. <laughs> the dynamic duo. Throw your <laughs> lipstick on. That's right. That's right. You got to oh, be yeah, seen. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's like yeah. this is hiding There's here. It's no longer radio. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, thank you. This has been really informative, really entertaining, and I'm, not anxiety-provoking. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think our listeners will um, will get a lot from hearing your story. Uh, anxiety to the place where you are now and writing about anxiety. And uh, I'm going to repeat the name of your book, mm -hmm. Victim of Thought, Seeing Through the Illusion of Anxiety. And um, how can people be in touch with you, Jill? If they go to the blog, whatdidyoudowithjill.com, you there's um, contact forms there. And I, I would also uh, suggest signing up for the newsletter. Then you can get the blog posts every two weeks or sometimes three weeks. They've been lately, but... Um, but yeah, that's the, probably the best way. And thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it's you're you're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And you know, it's I think it's going to give people hope. You know, when they see transformation in somebody else, it gives them hope that oh, maybe this is possible for me. It so, is possible yeah. for anyone. I mean, yeah. totally. One thought away. Yeah. Bye for now, Lana. Bye, Linda. Until next week. Wise women speak. See you soon. You've been listening to Wise Women Speak. If you'd like to hear more, please go to wisewomenspeakpodcast.com or find us on iTunes. <laughs>